This is Bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 2, Episode 22. What's the episode name? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. Microphone Baby? Microphone Baby. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to call it something else when we're done. But, Ellie, why are you out here with Dada right now? Because, um, I, 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 I can't hold it by my own. I you just have to hold it close. Um, like, you have to hold it really close. Okay. Um. Um. <laughs> bubble baby! <laughs> bubble baby? It's cute in here. I like swans. You like swans? Yep. Is there a story about a swan? One swan and pink. The, the, the purple one. The pink one was the, the purple one was the mom. And they were walking around to drink to get to a little, to a big pond so they could drink water. <coughs> and they flew to a pond, a, a big pond, and they drank some water. And then they went back home with the water in their, in their, in their bucket. And... And then they drink it once they got home and shared it with the other swans. Thank you, Ellie, for that story. Is there anything else you want? Uh, is there anything else you want to say before we're done here with this recording? Uh, swan baby. <laughs> swan baby. Good job. Let me go ahead and press stop recording, and we'll get to the interview with Valerie Wonderland. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I'm joined by someone from the future, sort of. It's more of just being slightly ahead of me on the time scale of Earth, but I'm so happy to be joined by Valerie Wonderland. Thank you so much for joining me. And thank you very much for having me. I'm very flattered to be here. Kind of nervous, but excited all the same, and let's talk. Yes, absolutely. I'm excited to talk to you about your TO experiences. That's what I originally heard about when Sean Shuppies, Shuppies, I always get mixed up as to which one he prefers, but Sean, I was able to have on for an interview and afterwards said to me, you know, you should really talk to this person, that person, and he named you, Valerie, as someone who contributed so much to Melee, to tournament organizing and that is a fascinating subject to me based on the fact that I haven't ever been to a melee tournament or any gaming tournament of any kind that I I regret that but hopefully with the coming in the coming months in the coming years that'll become something that's easier safer to do more importantly I should say safer to do so before we get into all of that, though, I think it's always fun to start in the line of the origin story of how Melee came to be a thing in your life. And you can start there or earlier if you like to. You can take it away. Sure. Um, actually, I, as, as, a, as a child, I grew up and I knew Smash was a thing, but it was only ever at like my friends' houses or anything. I grew up with Sony consoles. And then my... I was with my ex my ex for many years and he actually introduced me to Smash. We we played a lot together and all the games. But he was mostly interested in PM. So that's just what we played and that's like what I started on. 
So it was just me and him playing together, and we watched tournaments as well. I remember the first like actual competitive Smash tournament I have ever seen was Smash at Xanadu. And I was into it a little bit, but it reached a... Actually, I wasn't... I started getting annoyed with it at first because I felt like it was just getting to be too much. I was like, this is all he does. I don't get it. Why he's so He is so consumed by this. And then it just... I just started to get it. I'm like, okay, this is actually really hype. And we were playing with his friends, but I got really sick of him just kicking my ass. So I started kicking his ass. And... Ooh, what a turnaround. <laughs> Yeah, no, he he sucked after I started to get good. But anyway, (laughs) so I started beating him and then I started beating all of his friends. And I found I found um, people to play with on on campus where I went to college. Some of us were we got together for fests and there would be PM and there'd be melee. And I was I found them actually at my campus's video game club. And a f- few weeks later, one guy reached out to me and asked me to, well, one guy I knew from the fests reached out to me and said, hey, I'm starting a Melee local at um, uh, Rest in Peace Classic Game Junkie <laughs> on, on High Street near Westchester University. That's That was our venue. But um, anyway, he said, I'm starting this Melee weekly. Could you advertise it to the video game club tell people about it and i said yeah sure and if there's anything else i can do to help out i'd love to he said well do you want to help run the tournament i said you know what yeah let's do it jesse i had no idea like how what what i was getting myself into (laughs) until a moment sorry is that a moment where you where you say to yourself, if I could just go back and maybe clarify a few things with Valerie in that moment, like, by the way, I'm from the future. There's just maybe a one or two things you might want to know about this decision you're about to make kind of casually, right? You might want to think about a little bit more, maybe. Oh, no, no, no. I, I don't regret a single thing. This was um, January 25th, 2015 was one of the greatest days of my life because of just like how everything just changed from there in my life. So um, <laughs> that was the first day of the Westchester Smash biweekly ever at Classic Game Junkie on South High Street in Westchester, Pennsylvania. And I had never been to a proper Smash tournament or like local anything I didn't really like know anything beyond like what existed at Xanadu. And there were a couple other guys I was there with who also had not really any like experience running tournaments. So we were just a bunch of dummies like running a tournament. So my my first tournament I didn't actually like play at. Like I was running it. My first like proper like experience at anything like competitive smash related was me running a tournament. But it was great. That's I learned- incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I loved I loved my team. Um, there were four of us originally, but um, the one guy who originally asked me to to come on and be part of the team, he had other things that he had to do. So he dropped out and it was just me and my friends, Justin and Max, and later another guy, James. All great, all great people. And I loved working with them and ah, good days. Anyway, so... It was a bi-weekly, and it went on from, yeah, January 25th, 2015 to August 16th, 2016. It's a shorter-lived than I hoped it would be. I mean, I I loved every event, and um, 
I miss it a lot. But the store had to close because it just wasn't really doing very well financially. Shoutouts to Dave and Joe, the owners of Classic Game Junkie, later known as Sarnowski and Smart. So, yeah, that's how I got into it. And then, um, actually, yeah, we'll probably like launch into that part later. So, oh, do you have any questions? I noticed that mm-hmm. you like to keep track of really important dates in your life. When did you start that habit, or is that is that something you put no thought into? That's something I put no thought into. So if you tell me your birthday and you ask me a year from now what your birthday is, I'll remember your birthday. I'm um, for some reason just like dates. I I internalize with no problem. That's interesting. Even if I weren't that kind of person, I'd probably just remember those dates anyway because they're so important to me. Right. So not necessarily a first time conversation between you and me saying, oh, my birthday and such and such. And you go, "Okay, that's cool. I mean, if it had the slightly more meaning, that would be a, a much easier to remember number. That's interesting because to me, dates are a little bit fuzzy most of the time if i'm being honest so i i feel like there's and this is this is probably more of an aside than anything else but it's almost as if uh, the how our brain works like for everyone it's just little little things here and there where there's more of a compartment that's a bigger size in order for you to accommodate some sort of personality trait or not a quirk because remembering things isn't necessarily that that's not the right descriptive, but you like to do this or you like that. And (laughs) the compartment for dates for me is just a little bit smaller than yours. And that's okay. I I'm really fascinated by how you remember the really, really important dates in your life. I guess one, one other thing to sort of ask about that is, do you remember the, the date of that first smash at xanadu that you went to or did you say that and i i might not have heard it oh i didn't go to xanadu like my my ex and i only like watched xanadu together i never actually like to this day i've never been to a xanadu oh okay it was watching like live stream okay that makes more sense to me because you said you weren't really getting it and i was thinking but weren't you there and that's all fine and well if you didn't get it even despite being there but this was like live streamed on on twitch right yeah, sorry, maybe I misspoke. We were only um, watching like on Twitch melee. That uh, makes melee sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I I may have misheard you as well, so that's all good. That's so interesting. Yeah, the other question that I have is, what were some of the, I mean, lessons learned? Of course, you're learning because you're first getting started. There's a lot of things to learn when it comes to running even a, a, a bi-weekly where you're not expecting to get a thousand entrants per each tournament. But what was that experience like for you? What were some of the bigger lessons you remember learning from that time? Just, um, I'm sorry, let me clarify from just running the event and just become being a TO. What, what exactly? Yes. In your, in the January 25th, 2015 to August 16, 2016, the, classic game junkie tournament of the the bi-weekly tournament over at mm. over at high street chester universities yes. did yeah. i get any of that right uh but it was the westchester smash bi-weekly you're good <laughs> i didn't expect <laughs> you to remember all that i just kind of spit out a lot of like really specific details that you don't even need <laughs> so what i what i learned was and i learned this as a musician too like you're just kind of kind of alluded to it earlier 
um, you're just going to make mistakes, right? And you don't, you don't always know what you're doing. But if I'm being like really true, like does anybody really ever know what they're doing? We just all have better ideas than other people, right? So not every you you're not going to make like everyone happy, but you are going to make mistakes or you're like oh maybe maybe I shouldn't have I can't think of like you know specific things that, like you know I've done or like decisions that I've made during the time, but just ha basically you're going to make mistakes or like you're going to do something that's kind of stupid and like you know someone might like, tell you later and don't don't agonize and like you know marinate in that kind of thing just learn from it and move on and just make the next tournament better i remember um i actually i i can't remember very clearly but um there weren't too many teams entered in doubles we always ran doubles first at the westchester smash bi-weekly and I was like, oh, okay, I'll just run a round robin, a doubles round robin. Forget how many teams there were, but it was actually a really dumb decision because <laughs> it took so much time. And I'm like, singles is going to start soon. And I had to have to push back singles. No, I shouldn't. There are so many people in singles. <laughs> I can't run this late. But um, yeah, like, that's an example of like, wow, what a trash idea. And... <laughs> But you learn from that and you move on. And one thing that I keep in mind, like just even now, just with everywhere in life, like if you make a mistake, you are not the mistake. It's like what, what you do with that mistake that is what's important. Just, do you learn the lesson and and apply that to a better a better way in the next time, the next opportunity that you have in a similar situation? Right. Like that sort of thought process. Yeah, and that's kind of how it kind of how it all works and what it's all about. So, yeah, and just how to how to work with um my team too, and how we should communicate things and like make decisions. That was another that was something that I learned too. So just simply how to work with and communicate with other people, and not being afraid to ask for help when you need it. Like, oh, I'm really overwhelmed right now like can you jump in and help me please like come, come back inside or like just can you come over here because i got into i was in a bad habit of thinking that like you know i could do everything but you can't do everything and that's kind of what part of it, working with a team is is like you the reason you have a team is you can't do everything so i learned and, that too and i think that for myself i usually default to saying i'll just push through by myself if i have to to get something done and i'll say that in a group setting <laughs> it's a little bit of a flaw of mine i would i would have to say like hearing how you were able to through experience and through running the bi-weekly at, at westchester university it's it's a really big fundamental life lesson to be willing and ready to ask for help from those around you and, and specifically from people that you trust and that will actually be helpful to you, not just anyone. But do you, did you think about like learning those lessons in the setting of running a smash tournament would actually be helpful in other parts of life? Or was it all just sort of, we're just doing this and Hey, 
you look back and you realize that was the lesson I learned through Melee through running a Smash tournament. I don't think that far ahead. Not not always, really. I just try to live in the present. So um, what was important to me um, running the biweekly was just let's play video games. Let's be happy and play video games together and make this tournament run and do it the best that we can. If we stumble, we do make every concerted effort not to stumble, of course, but anyway, <laughs> um, make every concerted effort not to stumble. And yeah, that was what was most important to me. And I was learning, of course, along the way and not necessarily thinking like, oh, well, how will this apply to my future and applying for jobs and so on? I was just concerned in the moment with how do I make this as good as possible for all of the people here at this event? I just wanted to make people happy and just like bring them together and just like, so we can all share something that we really love. That was the most uh, important thing to me. And so I was learning not for like, you know, the sake of me thinking about like, like I said, like how will it, how will this apply to like my future? Just like, I was thinking about it in terms of like, how can I make this? What, how can I be better to make this good for all the people who keep coming here every other week? And the way that you're operating off of that desire, that's sort of like the, the mission statement of running that biweekly, if you will, I'm sure that came through for everyone who was able to make it uh, after each tournament, each tournament going, I really had a good time and I'm coming back. Like, I'm sure that that came through, which meant that when you were no longer able to be at the at the place that had to close, what was the next step for you? Did you say, I want to keep running these? I have to find a new way to be able to run another tournament series at another place. What was that next step for you like? Oh, okay, good question. Um, well, the team kind of dissolved when um, Classic Game, or sorry, at the time it was Sarnowski and Smart, when Sarnowski and Smart closed. Um, the streamer went to, he, he wasn't super into it anymore, even like by the end, he just kind of wanted to be done. And the other guy, yeah, the other two guys moved on to this, they just wanted to do other things too. And if we were all in it, like I would have been happy to like look for another venue and try to keep it going. But um, yeah, the team just dissolved too. And I didn't on my own pursue continuing to try to run like a, a next iteration of like you know this, this series so i guess by then yeah it was august 2016 yeah i missed it a lot but i just couldn't see myself like you know just getting up on my feet by myself or like and just finding a new team and like doing it again maybe i would have considered it but i don't know i don't know why to be honest but by then um i was i was by then i was also like pretty satisfied with um I started traveling to nationals on my own. I started traveling to nationals as a volunteer because I thought, well, I mean, this would be a really great way to get more exposure to something that I love and run brackets. Because I mean, <laughs> I'm one thing I I miss nationals so much because I if I if I had to, how do you say? I'm stumbling. I'm sorry. I, I suck. Um, <laughs> I love being a pool captain, gotta say, because I, I love meeting new people. I love watching people's sets and just asking, like, you know, where they're from. And, like, we get together and play friendlies later. It's so great. 
And I started I, my first national where I did that was Pound 2016. And so I was like, this that was is your sad. first national? Oh, um, the first national where I volunteered. But um, the first like big like smash national that I went to was SmashCon 2015. That was pretty surreal to me. I didn't know what I'm. I didn't know that you could volunteer. So then the next one that I decided to go to, which was Pound 2016, I was like, I want to volunteer. I know how to run a bracket, okay, ish. So I'm gonna do it. And I kept, I kept doing that. I kept going to events where I could do that and volunteering. And I signed up for like every wave because I mean that's just where I thrived, right? Like I'm, I like to play, but I'm not a competitor. I'm a, I love I love being a pool captain, <laughs> and, and it was uh, the big house six, yeah, the big big house six where Robotic Fish and Mudkip, maybe you also know him as Chuck Vegas. No, like they noticed that I was volunteering for a lot of waves and they they asked they reached out to me and asked me like oh hey like you are really committed to this you do a good job do you want to do more and that's that's the, that was the point when I started working with them as volunteer coordinators well as a volunteer coordinator so that's when I started like with, with them getting contracted for national events and we would, you know, get flown out and put up in a hotel and actually like organize the volunteer corps for nationals. And yeah, I like doing that, happened. but I also, well, I'm sorry. It all happened seemingly in about the span of a year. It sounded like it wasn't that fast or did it take a, a, a little bit more time than that. It took a little bit of time. Um, I was in, I was finishing my last year of university. Um, yes. Yeah, so I met fish and Chuck at Big House 6 in October 2016. Yeah, that's right. And by the time Genesis 4 happened, I wasn't like actually working with them, but like the first event that like I was working with them on was Royal Flush. Royal Flush in May May 2017. And I worked with them throughout the summer at Shine 2017, Smash and Splash, and we didn't get Gommel, but um I went to Gommel anyway. And Wow. Yeah. Oh, when you said you go to nationals. You are not kidding. You're like, you're like, uh, you're showing up. <laughs> you're showing up. You're probably one of the first people in the venue, and you're just going, yeah, good melee going to be played today. And it sound, it sounds like that was something you were, because at these nationals, there's all kinds of like they have not okay. Sorry, let me back up. It's not like SmashCon where every single Smash game in the history of ever is going to be played in in brackets for doubles and singles, but there's at least two Smash games happening at once. And some of the TOs that I've spoken to in the past for, for interviews have not been particularly picky about one game over another. They really enjoy running the bracket regardless of what the platform fighter is regardless of what smash game it is did you find yourself gravitating towards running melee pools and doing that or was it just whatever smash game i get i will take it and i'll be the best team the best best captain of the oh boy team captain or captain <laughs> of the pools or what was it again oh no uh pool captain pool captain yeah. i'll be the best pool captain in this entire venue so of course i'm partial to melee but um Wherever there needed to be hands on deck, I just grabbed the bracket. 
I don't I don't I don't care. I just I just um <laughs> I just love helping and being a part of things and making the event run well because I just want people to be happy and just enjoy enjoy video games this thing that we love and share right it's so beautiful so but yeah i have i have to certainly run smash four pools at nationals the doubles pool that i ran at pound 2016 for smash four was a bit chaotic but <laughs> boy what a good time we had right so yeah no i mean i anyway i'm partial to melee but no i i just want to help i don't i don't care what game it is very admirable. If I were in that position, I'd be going, can I get the pools bracket? No. Are you sure about it? No. You mean I have to run the ultimate bracket? Yes. <laughs> that would probably that would probably be where I would be in that scenario, which means that means I would not be a good TO, Valerie. I would probably be pretty bad because I'd just be going, wow, this set is awesome. Oh, is nobody at that setup doing their, their set right now for bracket? Uh, I, I, this is a really cool set that's happening right now. Just give me a second and I'll keep moving the bracket forward. That would be me. <laughs> uh, is it hard when there's a hype match happening in the middle of pools when there's like 30 setups or whatever and trying to advance pools into like the actual main bracket where something exciting is happening and people are gathering around a setup and you're going, hey, I, I still need two people at this setup over here to play your match, please. Is that a moment that happens a lot, or is that not something you get caught up in? Oh, um, I'm sorry. Let me make sure I understand you. So, if in my in my particular pool that I'm running at a national, if there's a hype set happening, do I try to stop it in the interest of finishing the pool on time? Stop the exciting match? No, I mean no. Stop. If... Um, disband oh. like the the audience rather. Well, I don't want to say disband the audience. I mean more of you get caught up in the excitement as well and you sort of forget that you're supposed to be running a pool and you're just spectating purely in that moment and sort of potentially delaying everything else in order to be part of that experience. I've I've never run into that problem. There's um plenty of time allotted to each wave. I think it's like um two hours and um <clears throat> excuse me i think it's yeah it's it's two hours per wave so if there's a hype set happening and pe people are excited about it it's not really a problem because there's plenty of time i've never had to rush anybody to finish their pool everybody's i've, I've always had very cooperative people unless they they run away and don't tell me but for the most part, people are pretty good about that, or like they'll they'll tell me like, oh, just run to the bathroom real quick. I'll be right back, or I'm going out to smoke, and like thank you. So, but no, I've never really had any issues trying to finish on time. But yeah, no, I mean, I I'm of course being focused and running the pool and finishing in the timeliest fashion possible. But like, if I think that's like part of the exciting thing of you know running a pool at a national, like you can you can watch. I mean, stay on task, but you, you can watch too. And it's kind of fun for like the rest of the people that like, you know, you're whose pool, like you're running because like you're, you're engaged too. And like, we all share that. Right. Like, I think it wouldn't be like very fun if like I weren't into it either. Right. 
Right, and that's what I was more trying to figure out from your own perspective if you were <clears throat> willing to be caught up in those in those moments and get to be a spectator for a few moments before you know resetting the focus and going, okay, so yes, we do have time to enjoy something cool that's exciting or or something that's happening that I want to watch and, and experience with everybody else here. You don't feel like you can't do that. You felt like you always had time to be able to take those moments if you wanted to. Yeah, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't share those moments, right? Like that's kind of what's bringing us to bring us all together anyway. Was there a big national that you weren't able to make uh, for some reason during that time where you're going to what sound like pretty much every single one? Like I'm thinking of Genesis 7 being the last one that you did. So between the the first one that was um, in October of 16. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. October of 16. I'm trying to remember which was the first one that you were doing. If it was if it was pound 2016, was it or was it the other one in the uh, October time of 2016? Okay, so I I was just a volunteer at pound 2016. Mm. I don't I don't think I made it to I don't remember if I went to other like nationals that summer, but um I volunteered at Shine 27 2016 as well. The very first Shine. Oh my god, I love that tournament. Sorry. <laughs> I volunteered there too. I volunteered all day long. It was just so happy. And then I was also a volunteer at Big House 6. And I volunteered at Genesis 4 as well, but the but yeah, by the time like I was actually like, you know, hired as a volunteer coordinator with Chuck and Fish was Royal Flush 2017. 2017, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So was there a tournament in between Royal Flush and Genesis 7 that you were hoping to make but you weren't able to? Or were you able to make pretty much every single one reasonable a national in that time frame? Well, I moved overseas, so there was a lot that I missed. And by that point, I, of course, stopped being a volunteer coordinator because I can't do that when I live on, you know, an ocean away. An ocean, like a country away or something like that. So, I yeah, I missed a lot. And I don't regret, of course, becoming a globetrotter, but, you know, I, I, the one, that's part of why it was such a hard decision to, to move and do what I do now. Because I thought, well, I kind of abandoned all this. So, yeah. So you had already moved overseas. You came back for Genesis 7. Am I understanding that correctly? Or Oh, okay. So, sorry. Um, I moved to Osaka in August 2018. And did I work any tournaments? Yeah, I think like the last tournament I worked was Pound, Pound Underground, which was in 2018. Yeah, that's right. I think. So, and prior to that, the only one I remember still being on for was yeah. Oh, oh, oh! I missed Smash and Smash Four because my older brother was graduating from boot camp, and yeah, I think like my last one prior to Pound Underground was Genesis Five that I worked for, if my memory serves me correctly. So yeah, I moved to Osaka in August 2018, and I moved back to America April 2019, and then I moved to South Korea 
in August 2019, and I returned to the States December 2019. So I was home just in time for like the last gig, which was Genesis 7 in January 2020. Whew, okay. That is a lot of back and forth, but I'm not sure if I know what, what is, is Globetrotter and is that a job or is that a or I, I don't want to reduce it to the level of like nomad, but like, is that a role or what is that exactly? Oh no, it's just like this term that I'm calling myself because I've just moved overseas enough times now where I just, and I've traveled and I'm just globetrotter. Very cool. But I don't know and if you've like done a lot s- more of that than I have. <laughs> Maybe. I've never been outside <laughs> of the United States before. Never been outside of the United States. Well, when things become safe, the number one country, oh, Number one country I'm going to recommend, of course, is Japan. So, <laughs> do you want to talk about Japan a little bit? To some, like I barely, even despite I've watched some anime, so I of course have heard Japanese language and have been exposed to the culture that you see through the lens of watching something like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, for example. But that's hardly compared to actually being over there and living in Japan. What? are your favorite experiences or a memory that you would feel comfortable sharing? Like anything about Japan that you feel comfortable sharing? My goodness. How much time do you have? (laughs) I've got enough time. (laughs) So this time around has actually been, I'll be honest, very difficult. Um, Well, with COVID just exacerbating, you know, (laughs) being a fish out of water. And that's kind of what you are when you, it's kind of what you are when you're living in a culture that you're not born into and when like you're a minority, right? So I've never felt like I've, I've never been a minority, right? So, well, like, except, except in the context of well, smash events where I'm sometimes like the only, the only woman in the room, but I guess like, yeah, like a cultural, like I'm not saying anything right. Um, anyway, I guess like, a linguistic minority let's just like put it that way and like a cultural minority so i have a a hard time with that here too and there's an expat group around here but we don't meet very much due to covid and so on but yeah that that's been hard but i had a pretty healthy conversation with a japanese lady that i'm friends with in my my area and some I don't mean to I don't mean to go out like launch into this or anything like you know get like too off topic from Smash and everything but um sometimes I go to my schools and I'm of course I'm the whole goal in 2020 was just to come back to Japan because I knew when I left Korea that I wanted to come back to Japan and I thought about it every day and I'm very lucky and very happy to be back here I'd never thought I was gonna I was gonna be able to come back here and <clears throat> excuse me. So I'm back here and I'm very happy, but some days are a lot harder than others because at the end, like no matter how much you learn the language and walk the walk, talk the talk, and just do everything you can to try to fit in, at the end of the day, like you are not Japanese and you never were, you never will be. And Japanese people don't have the same expectations of you that they have for each other so like that's kind of really frustrating but at the same time very liberating as well so but it's like to an extent i kind of do want to fit in 
I kind of, I don't want people to feel like, you know, they have to like speak English to me because I'm, I'm there. And so I'm learning Japanese now, of course. And <laughs> it's kind of foolish to live here and not try to learn Japanese. <laughs> just makes your life a lot easier if you are learning the language of the country that you are living in. So, but oh, where was, sorry. Um, oh, okay. So I don't want people to feel like that they have to like respond to me in English, like accommodate me because I go in and I'm like, well, I'm in your world. Like I'm in your space. Like let, let me assimilate. Like, let me try, please. Like I want to learn and like, you know, be to an extent, like become a part of this too. Like, let me, let me play, please let me play. So, <laughs> so that's hard. And I'm not privy to every little, every little thing that's like, like cultural like you know etiquette and behavior and that makes me really self-conscious too so when i was talking to the um, lady that i'm friends with around here she said you seem like you're marinating and like some kind of, you seem like you're, you're marinating and like you know your own thoughts and how you're, you're just very apprehensive and anxious about making making a mistake of course you're going to make a mistake because you did not grow up here and of course you don't know every every little thing don't worry about it. Just take it as a learning experience. And the best thing that you can do for yourself is learn Japanese. Show them that you're studying and learning Japanese and those other things that you're that you aren't sure about and that you're anxious about, well you'll just learn from just being better at communicating with the people around you. So, I think it's a, pr a really sobering and important experience to kind of like be that fish out of water. Right. So that's, I mean, I could go on and on about like, you know, every, every experience I ever had here. And like, was, I, I have learned a lot being this fish out of water once again, but that's what I'm dealing with more recently. And ever since I had that talk with her, I, I felt a little bit less, less on edge. Like my job is not like very, very technically demanding, not as demanding or, or yeah, not, no, maybe not technically, but like, you know, as far as like, you know, like my, my teaching skills go. Not as demanding as my job in Korea. But I definitely come home at the end of the day just drained because I'm always on and I'm thinking about like, did I make a mistake? Did I say something wrong? Did, did, did I come off like, you know, the way I didn't want to come off? Was that wrong? So anyway, so since I had, since I talked to her, I've been feeling a little bit less like that, like just like whatever. And kind of, this, kind of let's circle this back to, you know, what I learned, like, you know, running tournaments, you're going to make a mistake. You're going to look like a dummy and you, like, you don't know. But if you make a mistake, like you are not the mistake, just learn from the mistake and just go in and be better tomorrow. And another important thing is to just be cheerful and be, be positive and just be happy, like show other people like, you know, that positivity and just your happiness and you will have that effect on other people. Sometimes it's hard, though, when you're the only one in the room who's positive. But some people, some people respond and reciprocate and that's absolutely worth, you know, that's absolutely worth living for and continuing to be positive for, even if not everybody's um, receptive to or reciprocating that. Is an, an interesting dichotomy to me that I'm hearing you say, not to oversimplify, so forgive me if you feel that I'm trying to do that. It's not necessarily what I'm trying to say, but 
when I was asking about different things that you wanted to share about your experience over in Japan in particular, usually <clears throat> that's more or less me wondering like what what is exciting or what's fun or what's nice about living over there. And I loved hearing you talk about how it is still a struggle to be in a culture that is not the one you were born into, right? For especially the language barrier, but that you're trying to learn, which is awesome. I might ask you to teach me something in J Japanese later if you feel comfortable doing that, but also <laughs> hearing that also hearing that it is a struggle for you and yet you're saying I still want to be here. I still want to be positive about it even if it feels very stressful at times kind of second guessing myself about did I say this wrong or was I not communicating what I wanted to in this scenario? It, it is interesting to me how you seem to be in touch with how you're with how you're feeling and, and all of that, but also trying to remain positive anyway. My question is, what motivates you to try to remain positive? Is it because of the fact that you are in a place that you want to be or is it because of something else? So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, just think about that. Um, well, I knew all of 2020 that I wanted to come back here because I just kind of felt more connected to, I felt more, more connected to and like, you know, interested in Japanese culture and the language. I felt really accomplished. I, when I first came to Osaka, I could only read um, two of the three writing systems, hiragana and katakana. I had no idea like anything about kanji. <laughs> and... I started to learn because, you know, you can either sink or swim, right? And I felt really accomplished the more I started to learn. I carried a notebook around with me and I just like took notes every day on like stuff that I would hear and see and just like other teachers I would talk to. I started to learn and I was like, wow, this is like such a, such a high. I just like learning because like communication is so, so powerful. I don't think people understand like how powerful like it really is. And I think you're, you're really special if you're uh, multilingual. And I loved that. I, I, I studied French for nine years. And I just like got that high again. of like, I'm learning another language. I'm a linguophile. And I became really connected to that. And I loved just being in a place where, you know, I, I, I would like kind of stumble and learn. I mean, like some, of course, some days are harder than others. But at the end of the day, like, you know, I do value the experience. So I walk into a place. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to order at this place. I don't know what anyone's trying to say to me. <laughs> but the more you like keep trying and like persisting and do not doing that sort of thing, the more successful you become. You know, you keep hearing the same shit over and over again that's coming out of people's mouths. Like you start to understand what they're saying. And that's really rewarding, right? And I loved being in a, in a place where I just kept learning, kept learning and kept growing. And I, I loved Korea too, but I kind of felt like I wanted to invest the time and effort into Japan. So that is that if that if that answers your question. Yeah, it does. And I'm not sure again, I, I think I think I understand a little bit more of 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 why Japan and why going back and, and also succeeding despite the fact it sounded like the pandemic hit and you were still in the United States. Is that true or were you able to go over before that happened? So um, I was stuck at home for since 
yeah, I left Korea in December 2019. And once the pandemic started, it was, yeah, basically thwarting me from coming back to Japan sooner rather than later. And so I was home in the U.S. for all of 2020. I got the job offer in June. And my departure date was delayed, delayed, delayed until just this past December 2020. And I'm glad I came when I did, because I don't think I would have made it at all if I didn't come then. Because no no one's coming anytime soon. Um, borders are still pretty shut tight. So, yeah. I was home in all of 2020. But did, I, did I answer your question? On, yes, yes. But focusing on, on trying to get over to there and not necessarily trying to be... I don't think that distracted is a wrong word, but, you know... Some people have said to me when when the pandemic started, you know, you're, you're you you get used to going to tournaments and then you're cut off from that and you go, well, now what? Some people felt okay transitioning to trying to enter or run online tournaments and some people did not. Yeah. I, I'm thinking of G Town Tom who I was just gonna say, yeah, I remember that conversation. Is like, yeah, I'm not doing this online stuff. There are other people who are gonna do that that's fine. They can do that. I'm going to take a time out, <laughs> which, which, and that's, that's very valid as well. So for you, despite the fact that you're really wanting to get over to Japan and you keep expecting to leave and you have to keep hearing the delayed word again. And I'm sure that, I'm sure that hurt every time, but did you ever say to yourself, well, I could maybe, maybe I'll try to do some kind of online bracket or help out somehow or were you just totally not interested in it at that point because in your mind you're moving on more or less it's an interesting question um i didn't i didn't feel compelled to run an online tournament and um not because i have anything against online tournaments i mean i think i mean they've they've just they're just what we've got in a during the time of a persisting global pandemic, right? But and I don't know if I was really compelled to even at that point like get into running a local or like say say there was not say there were not a persisting global pandemic. I don't think I had like that drive to run a local again. I mean, I'm, I would have been very happy if there weren't a pandemic to continue to work at national events with um, the, vol- the volunteer coordination team that exists now and who I worked with um, at Genesis 7. Shout outs to you guys, by the way. I love you and you're all very talented and great. Um, but um, in any case, yeah, no, I just, I didn't really feel that. I mean, I, I love Melee. But another thing too is like, it's kind of, it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to engage with um with it unless I'm doing it with somebody. Like I I I mean I I I use I use Netplay. Like I have like, you know, Slippy and I, I'll play sometimes. It's really kinda hard to match with people though when you live in rural Japan, actually. Melee is just not as popular here as it is in the US. But um in any case. But yeah, I thrive a lot more on just being at the local and being with people and playing like with them, like you know, having that conversation. It just feels so much more, so much more intimate to me. Just build, building that, building that relationship. 
But again, nothing against playing online, but that's that's kind of where I stand on it. It's it's kind of sucks because like I love melee, but I'm just not motivated really to play or some, sometimes even watch unless I'm doing it with somebody. That you're feeling the very social part of it and melee for a long time was primarily more of the social aspect compared to almost any other part of playing it you had to love the game to show up to events but then if you got along with everyone you would just be there for the people as just as much as the game especially for locals it seems that that's what i hear a lot the theme is you might come for the game but you sort of stay for the people sometimes and especially if you're trying to help things run like do any of the behind the scenes stuff to sort of make sure that it continues on or maybe you become the person who runs the whole thing maybe you just help with seating help with commentary help with setup or teardown that it's it's also very much about that socializing aspect i've heard that theme come through at times in our conversation so far this morning for you and this evening for me and I really like hearing that even if it means that you don't enjoy the version of Melee that you get through the online experience and it's great that Melee has about as best of an online experience through rollback netcode as is realistically possible for a game played on the, played through the internet waves but right. that the thing that you're missing that you would want to be more interested in being a part of is the face-to-face person-to-person interaction and you're right that of course there's a difference between those two things you kind of are hitting the nail on the head jesse actually um <laughs> i really i mean i people might get annoyed with me if i say this but um I really, like, don't think, like, I'm, like, the best TO. Like, I don't think, like, you know, that's where, like, I'm the strongest. Like, that's, like, you know, my strong point, like, in my Melee career. Um, There are many, many, many better TOs out there than me. Like, I'm not, like, this guru. I would, I mean, I would have liked to be, and I worked really hard, like, when, especially when I had my biweekly to do things. And, of, I mean, of course, I was, like, working hard when I was, like, you know, on, on that end of, like, you know, event ops and everything. But I think where where I perform the best is the the people aspect. I mean, I I like you know being out on the floor and like you know all the logistics and stuff. But I and I, I and I would like to. I I can't say now. I'm I'm a teacher overseas. <laughs> um, <laughs> I during the time when I was actively doing that. Would have loved to like learn more and get better at that, but I where I performed the best, I think, like was the social aspect, right? Like I think more than anything else, I was like a figurehead, or like just not not a figurehead, but like a a personality in Philadelphia the, melee. The queen of Philadelphia, right? The queen, <laughs> yeah, the queen of Philadelphia. That comes from a uh, a Twitter poll that Johnny Gamble put out of few months ago like who, who's the who's the king of philadelphia or something and what like one of the options was rocky balboa and like i forget the other two people but one, one was me and i got the most number of votes and i'm like all right that's it i'm the queen of philadelphia now and oh <laughs> i don't even like cheese sticks anyway um queen of philadelphia i felt like i was 
better at the social aspects. And I remember like one, a few like one distinct moment where someone who came to the Westchester Biweekly told me, I guess like months later, like way later, he said, one of the main reasons I came back was that you was that you were so friendly. Me and um oh he, he also said Penny Otis, he's panties in Philadelphia. Penny, if you're listening to this, hello, I miss you. And anyway. <clears throat> and that really that that really stuck out to me because I was like, never underestimate your kindness to other people. Cause he said to me, um, when he left, he said he left the first local that like the, the the first event of my local that he came to. I said to him, like, oh, bye, thanks for coming. And he said, wow, that was really nice. She's really nice. Like, I think like I want to keep going back to a place where people are nice to me, right? And, like, you know, my presence matters. So I'm like, wow. So, and my the thing that I did the most while at Genesis 7 was, like, interact with the volunteers and, like, you know, work with them, talk to them, like, you know, answer their questions. And it made me really happy. I loved that because I just like making people happy and comfortable and like being in a place where they can just enjoy the game in the most optimal way possible and enjoy being together i I don't think there's anything more important in life than your relationships with other people so i i focus on that that's what's really important to me and on top of like you know making the event run but yeah but it's I don't, I don't think there's more. You go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, oh yeah. Well, I was just gonna say that it sounds to me that what's more important to you, other than the actual skeleton of running a tournament, if you will, you're sort of thinking about what's the spirit behind it. What's it's not just oh wow, this is a really well run tournament. I'll right. come back to where things are competent. It's where you feel welcomed and wanted it's something that i so want to continue to see more of valerie because you and i are obviously aware of how melee smash in general fighting games anywhere that you have a collection of people there's always the chance of there being unwelcoming people individuals who have their own idea of how things are done and they see someone different from themselves and they go oh does not compute, must be mean. or yeah, right. <laughs> and it takes a deliberate effort, I feel, people who speak to it and show through actions of saying, we're all here because of one thing, in this instance, Melee or a Smash game, you know, yeah. these big tournaments or locals. We're all here for that reason. That's already a great thing that we all have in common. So you can just do us all a favor. We can all just try to be welcoming to each other, be nice to each other, enjoy the competition, but <laughs> not deliberately try to tear down other people and we can all have a great time with it. And then we move on our separate ways. We all have our own things besides that in life that we like to do. That's all fine and well. We're different. Okay, that's great. But when we're here together, can we try to be a little bit nicer, more welcoming to each other? And if you are the TO doing that, that trickles down, I feel. Like the the leadership of any sort of operation, it trickles down to everybody else, I feel like. So if you say to yourself, I'm an underrated TO because maybe 
the logistics part of it is something that I don't care quite as much about. And maybe that doesn't look as great compared to another TO who is excellent at logistics side. I think it's, it's just as important, maybe even more so that you're concentrating on. I want everybody to feel welcomed and safe in my pools or in my tournament. Right. Yeah. I think, um, and I mean, maybe I'm not in a position to say this because like, you know, I was one of the organizers, but I really do feel that the Westchester smash biweekly was so, 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 so special. And like part of, because well, part of it is because, um, like my, the, the team that I worked with and all the attendees too, like made a point to, you know, be friendly with each other and like, you know, make it special. And like, that's where all the homies were and all the homies were like really happy to see the other homies and, and new people like kept coming back too, because it was just such a, such a friendly and positive, energetic culture there. And somebody, I was talking to somebody about it a couple of years ago and he said, I want, I wanted to replicate your, your tournament. I just loved Westchester so much, but I think it was just the, the time and the place. There's, there's just something about it. And I was, that was really flattering i was like wow like nobody's ever said that to me before but that's that's when i realized like this really was like something so special and i think about it all the time but um i think it had to end when it did and it had a good it was a good run it was really a good run but yeah um i would say that's that, that's what makes it like really worth it and that's what kind of i mean other than just my fascination with what a wonderful perfect but totally messed up game that <laughs> that melee is <laughs> i was a very was like another reason i was so motivated to just continue being part of it and going to things was i i loved the people and meeting people i was very alone in my freshman year of college because um I, it took music very seriously in high school and i was going to study music in college but i decided not to and for 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 the time in between that and melee i wasn't really sure like you know who my who my posse was and like you know, where my friend groups and like you know interests were because I had given up music I'm like well what do I do now like I'm just a girl with a boyfriend and I go to school and I have friends and so I have some friends but I didn't have a space with like you know an interest where I felt like really connected like with that interest and like sharing that interest with people the same way that I had with music in high school and Melee was that for me. It just totally changed my life. And I want other people to feel that connection socially, like, as well, like, with their, their interest. And that's why I loved, like, you know, being a volunteer coordinator, because I want, I want people to feel like they can contribute and be involved and give back and be a part of people and the, the things at the event. And, right, because it's a really good feeling. And I, I just want that experience for other people, too. One thing I do really miss, if um, one thing I do really miss about um, volunteer coordination, not that I don't love teaching, but yeah, that's how I feel about it. And now you look back, and it's been a long enough time since you've participated in helping out with a tournament, Genesis Seven, when there is a first big national. Probably not anytime soon. That would be a little bit much to ask of, uh, well, especially America. But when that eventually happens again, because I at least have that hope that it will, 
will there be any part of you that wants to be there or do you think it'll be so far down the line that you'll go that's that was a time in my life and sadly it's over in some ways but I'm really happy to be where I am now if that's still in Osaka or somewhere else in the world I don't think um I don't think I'll ever lose that passion for melee and just what it's done for me but um if let's in the event that I return to the homeland and the pandemic just ends and there's an event coming up I'm I would probably just um get back in touch with um the volunteer coordination team that I was working with at Genesis 7 and just see like you know what they're up to because like you know we were all together contracted like you know as a team working together and like you know dividing and conquering right I'd probably just get back in touch with them and see like you know what we would want to do as our next steps and reach out to event organizers and see see what's up see if if there's a need so basically if there's if there's a need for me and I'm I'm wanted there or like whatever then yeah of course I would I would dive back in with no hesitation I really love being a part of that thing but I don't have to like you know be working at the event like I would just go anyway and just volunteer for every wave as a pool captain and just you know do what I do best so <laughs> yeah no I don't really like see it as like a thing of the past and that was like one thing I was scared of when I moved overseas I thought oh no I'm giving up melee forever but I don't really feel like that. I, I'm still, I still have very good relationships with um all my Smash friends, and we, you know, talk about things and do things like that aren't Smash related at all. But our background is Smash, and we still like talk about it, of course. So, but yeah, I, I don't think it's a thing of the past. I would dive back into it for sure, even if I'm not like hired staff or anything. If Ron's still listening to this fantastic interview, then just you know. Sit back down, probably popped off a little bit, probably a little bit still in Osaka. That's that is that is true. But I'm I'm glad to hear that despite despite that you not in a sense of giving it up, but also just just moving on to something else that that melee didn't quite leave you that melee still very near and dear to your heart that's it's very wholesome for me to hear that at the very least and i'm sure for people who know you they they would feel the same as well so the other question that i would have is just to talk about the game itself or the players that you would have enjoyed watching is there a player that comes to mind or is there a character that comes to mind like what is it about melee that itself the game itself that would capture your attention being at all these events the fact that i can't play it <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm joking I was like, <laughs> what about the game it's um what about the game do i love the most is that what you're asking yeah i mean okay so i a, a week or two ago i watched i rewatched because it'd been a while i rewatched the genesis 4 like losers semi set between Mango and Leffen, which is of course always a classic matchup, but the Genesis four matchup was a probably the classic of classics when it comes to those two competitors playing each other. But like it, to me, it captured a lot of things about melee that I really enjoy watching. It was Genesis. It was the context of Mango doing a loser's run to face Armada yet again in the Genesis rivalry and and pulling out a game five win over Leff and all, all, all that stuff. And 
you were there, so you at least knew that was happening. I don't know if you were like watching, following along live in the room, or if you were like somehow doing something else like around that venue at the time. But I'm not asking you to recall that particular set or anything. I'm just saying when I think about watching Melee for myself, because I'm more of a spectator, that I think about those kind of moments and I'm really glad that they happened because <laughs> it, it's not something like, I don't know, a, an NFL Super Bowl where millions of people have watched it and they'll all kind of have that in common. But I know that there's a, there are a group of people out there where you say Mango versus Leffen, Genesis 4, and they'll go, uh, is there, is there something about the game itself? Cause you've talked a lot about the social side of it, which is fantastic. I love hearing that as well. But is there, was there something or is there something about Melee itself, be it a set, be it a character that you like watching or a player that you like watching? All right. Well, the first thing I want to say is Peach is absolutely beautiful and I love her. I love her the most. She's so, so, so such an impressive, strong lady. And <laughs> I, I, I started with Peach in Melee and then something terrible happened and I played Sheik and then I was like, I'm making a terrible decision. And then I went back to Peach. And <laughs> I went back to Peach. And maybe that was a terrible decision, but I'm gonna defend her until I die. She's um I love she's so much fun to play. Okay, here here's something else, Jesse. I'm not good at video games. I'm terrible at all of them. <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm, I'm terrible at all of them. I love doubles though. I'm 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 just having fun, right? So like I I'm very interested in that. It's just so technical. Like I mean, for how, I guess, long I've, you know, been involved with Melee now, like, it's, I still don't think, uh, actually, no, I would say that I do understand just how deep it actually goes, and that just continues to fascinate me. I'm not willing to put in the time, and during the beginning of, like, my Melee career, I was like, I do want to put in the time to be a competitor, not just a TO, but then I was like, nah, I'm a TO. I can't compete. This is, that's, yeah. <laughs> that, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. I'm fooling myself. And <laughs> I'm fooling myself and others, so I'm just gonna <laughs> shut shut my mouth and you know create this event page for the event next week. And then, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I I love I love playing the game, and it it is just you know technically just very fascinating to me. Though my execution is really terrible, but when you do something that's like really cool. It's so satisfying. And like, you know, for someone like me who just can't play the game to save her life, I'm, and I do, if I do pull out and like do something cool, I'm like, oh my God, like she did it. She said, <laughs> I get so excited. And it's very exciting watching as well. Cause you know, some sets are just nail biters. And you're like, oh, like, <laughs> like it's, who's gonna win? And it's like, it's not who you thought was going, going to win. And seeing like, it's so cool, like seeing the decisions that like you know people make, right? And how how that unfurls. Every 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 set is unique. Every set is unique. It never gets boring to me. So yeah, although I prefer watching with people, I prefer. Uh, I mean, although I prefer watching with people, I can still when when I when I do sit down and I get excited and watch a match by myself well, watch a tournament by myself when i was living in the u.s like sometimes i'd get so into it like i I'd, like squeal or shriek and i'm just like watching one in my room on my laptop and my mom or dad will 
asked me, like, are you okay? Like, is it all good? I'm like, Gatsu just won. (laughs) 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 Did you see that set last week? It was incredible. Yes, yes. I was just like, like in my apartment all by myself. Like, oh, I won. What the fuck? So, just, <laughs> yeah, I was all by myself. I mean, it would have been more exciting with just even one other person. But Gatsu won, and I, I think Gatsu is, um, I think like he's actually better than like his results actually show. I really like him. I'm also a Berserk fan, so I, <laughs> that's another reason I like him. Anyway. I don't like Captain Falcon, but like I, I think he's a very good player. Anyway, so, <laughs> so if that answers your question, it does. Yes, it does. I've been able to. I this is it's strange for me because I feel like so for me. I feel like that since I haven't been able to experience the the socialness of of melee in the context of actually going to a tournament. Yes. I've, I've experienced it from a little bit more of a distance and yet melee still pulls me back in every time. And that's part of the reason why I decided, you know what, I guess it's podcast time. Well, that and the fact that I, I can't play, I can't play melee as of right now because there's no, no internet at home. I'm on a, I'm on a Discord call with you on my phone using data and my such God. and such. Yeah. So basically I'm saying, why do I keep enjoying Melee if the socialness part of it, like, because I know just just watching YouTube content around Melee and, and watching streams, at some point somebody waxes amazing poetic about how Melee brings people together. Always fun to hear. And I, I've heard it enough times that I go, okay, that sounds like really cool. Something that maybe maybe that'll be me too. But I just keep coming back to it and watching, enjoying watching it despite the fact that I'm not really enjoying it with somebody else in the same room that it's usually just with chat. Shout outs to Twitch chat. Y'all be toxic sometimes or maybe a lot, but you keep me company, so I appreciate that. Yeah. And I'm what I'm really excited about when it's safe to do so is going to be experiencing like the, like a local for the first time and hearing you talk about like the care that you put into it, how you enjoyed putting positive vibes out there, trying to be welcoming. It it makes me more excited for that is what I'm, is what I'm trying to say. And that melee can be enjoyed through a variety of different ways from different people, but we still have that, in common with each other it's very very cool even just to talk for an hour well a little over an hour well i mean a lot over an hour i really appreciate the time but i do want to start to wrap up so i want to give you an opportunity to offer any other thoughts that you wanted to offer while we're here while we're talking and recording as well as if you want to tell the people where they can find you if they really want to Oh, goodness. I, I don't have anything profound to say. Um, <laughs> but um, the last things I can possibly say right now are, other than, of course, staying safe and healthy in these particularly challenging times, are whether you're an attendee or a TO or just like what whatever, the 
best thing that you can do just like in life and at well at the events and just like life in general is is to be to be positive and be welcoming and like compassionate and understanding of other people and that's a other than you know just the game itself what makes us like such a special and like you know cohesive unit like as as the melee community and I think you can never underestimate the kindness that you show other people. It goes a much longer way than you think. And that's what's kept me, one of the things that's kept me in it and what keeps us together. United we stand. I love that. Valerie, thank you so much for joining me on Bottom of the Smash Mountain. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. And I enjoyed I enjoyed this. I'm not not so nervous anymore. I started to uh, I was feeling very nervous um, at the beginning, but I started to relax a little bit more. It's just just a conversation, right? You, oh, another thing, don't be so hard on yourselves. You are not the mistake. It's what you do with the mistake that that is what you do with the mistake that matters. Live and learn. Is it is it bad that I sort of that sort of reminded me of the Batman quote? It's not who I am underneath, but what I do that defines me. Is it bad that I thought of that just now? Oh no, no, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't say I've seen the Batman films or know too much about Batman. I don't know if that's a bad thing. But <laughs> it's a anyway. great way to end because people will go, oh, "What do you mean, Valerie doesn't know?" And they're done talking. Oh no. But yeah, that's a good spot to. That's a good spot to. To oh, you know what? No, that's not fair to you. Why don't you recommend to the people something that they should check out in terms of uh, of a uh, something to watch, be it a movie or or something else? Something to watch or like something else. Um, well, first, um, I'm going to get back to. Um, I'm, I'm going to answer something that I didn't answer just a few seconds ago. You, if you are desperate to find me at all my at on twitter is val underscore wonderland and if i have to recommend just something like just not related like a movie um oh music if you like math rock i recommend toe just t-o-e great band i haven't stopped listening to them what, what's math rock again? Is it with an A or an E? Math. M-A-T-H. Do they count? Or I'm totally confused. It's not prog rock. I know that means progressive rock, but I'm not, uh, I don't know if I've heard that math rock before. Math rock is the name of a genre. And I think the reason it's called math rock is, um, ugh, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but um, they experiment with different kinds of uh time signatures a lot okay so that so, would be the that yes mm -hmm. if, if that makes if you're familiar with like music much or like that makes any sense to you i'm pretty sure that's why you can search it on wikipedia uh, and find a more correct answer than the one that i just gave so <laughs> yes and toe is the band to catch apparently i'll have to be checking that out myself T -O -E. oh yes yeah yes. yeah yeah, well, I've played Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, so I know a thing or two about time signatures if I do things to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> See, you know. <laughs> 
I sang in choir too, so I, I I remember a few of those time signatures. But we tried to keep it basic. It was just you know high school. No one was super serious about actually singing. Sure. But yeah, that's that. Yeah, that is enough. So let's let's go ahead and. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. You made it. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Valerie, and. Thank you so much for not being immediately confused as to what was happening when Ellie started off the podcast for us today. Actually, Ellie is still right next to me. We did not listen to the interview, by the way. We're just immediately recording the closing bit. Ellie, so what do you know about podcasting? What does Daddy do when he does podcasting? You love it when Daddy goes podcasting? I, I don't know if that's true. I think sometimes you don't like it when I podcast. Is that correct? Um, Sometimes, but not all times. Like when I go with my dad, that's when I like it. You like it when you get to do podcasting with me? Yeah. That sounds great. So let's see. Should we try and do this more often where you do the podcast with me? Yes. Is it, are you really excited about talking into the microphone more often, possibly? Wow, that's a lot of excitement right there. You know, it's going to be dinner time soon. So, Ellie, what do you think we're going to have for dinner? Can I say? That is a lot of energy, Ellie. Are you just so excited? Wow. I hope anyone who's listening to this still can can uh, get over the fact that you keep, uh, you know, you're just really being loud into the microphone. Can you try being a little bit more measured? Oh, okay, okay. I'll try and be more serious. Okay. Okay, I'll listen to you, Wolf. That's very nice of you to do that, Ellie. I really appreciate it. Okay, fine. I'll do it. What do you think we're going to have for dinner? Um... How about bubble soup? <laughs> bubble soup. <laughs> That's a funny word to say. <laughs> Super funny. What else? <laughs> I love Do you think we're going to have maybe bubble drinks to go with bubble soup? Uh, yeah. Are we going to have bubble snacks? Yeah. Are bubbles one of your favorite things? Yep, and we're going to have swan soup as treats. A swan soup as treats as well? Wow, that's a lot of soup, Ellie. Yep, and swan snacks and swan drinks. Wow. So before we get going, before we say goodbye to everybody, do you want to sing a song to them, or do you not want to sing? Oh, oh, I want to sing. Very good song, Ellie. Good job. What are we going to do now? Can you tell everyone what we're doing now that we're all done recording? Oh, we're all done recording. So we, we, we're going to do some more questions later. And so what are we going to play now? Um, well, we're going to play Hiding Now. 
We're gonna play the hyena game, yay! Where I chase you and capture you, but you get away, right? Uh, yeah, and you can capture me in your car. Right, but then you get away. Yeah. Okay, well, hold on, let me press stop recording. Don't run. <laughs> hold on, hold on.